Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for His Word. Go ahead, give Him some praise for His Word today. We thank God for the Word. Where would we be without His Word? Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. He's always faithful, isn't He? Amen. Hallelujah. We have been in a series uh, on David. How many's been enjoying the series of David? Amen. Hallelujah. We are continuing to look at his life. Uh, he is a man after God's own heart. And the Lord put this in my heart. There's so many different things we could be preaching right now. Uh, I'm just so amazed at how relevant the Bible is for 2020. Uh, you know, this is a crazy year. We all know that. This will go down in history. And I don't know what's going to happen. The Lord's been speaking to Melinda. I've been spending some time in prayer. And I'm like, well, honey, you was going at it, talking about hoops. You e-course was coming out for a minute, baby. I, I was like, we better start interceding right now. We're ready to fight the devil, though. Hey, you know what I'm saying? How many know that you can only take so much? And, and, and when the enemy comes in, man, we got to fight back. We got to learn. Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent ones will take it by force. I mean, and he's given us the ability, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He's equipped us. It's time to put on the full armor of God, not just a piece here and a piece there. It's time to suit up. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody to suit up. Come on, drop that in the chat today. Suit up. I'm ready to suit up today and get in the battle and fight. The Lord spoke to me, and this is what he spoke to me earlier. He said, just a little while longer. That's all he said. <laughs> I know, I'm like you. I'm like, this is 2020, God. Come on, God, give me a little bit more details on that one. But I heard the Holy Spirit say, just a little while longer. Uh, I'm saying, hey, okay. You know what? If, if Jesus comes back, I'm okay with that too. I'm ready to go. I said, I'm ready to go. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, he's ready to go. But if we got to endure a little bit more before this thing changes, I'm okay with that too because God's going to give us the grace to endure. But just a little while longer. I just want to let somebody know, just a little while longer in Jesus' name. Go with me, 1 Samuel 22. We are uh, talking about King David, as I had mentioned, and the little tagline that has been following this series is keeping a right heart when life goes all wrong. And uh, I think that is just so uh, appropriate for today that we need to keep our heart right, man. We keep our heart right is number one. And our, heart right, our heart will keep us on the right path or it will lead us off the path. Everything comes from the heart. The Bible is filled with uh, instructions about the heart. And so uh, I can't think of a better person in the Bible. We've got 66 chapters dedicated to King David in the Bible. So uh, there's a reason for that. Now listen, 20 chapters are dedicated to the season of caves, which we're going to discuss today. 20 chapters. Think I can get through 20 chapters today? <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Come on. I don't know how far I'm going to get today. I'm prepared to go two weeks at least on this one. But uh, 1 Samuel 22 uh, tells us King David is uh, beginning to rise with the favor of God and King Saul who was his mentor had turned on him and we talked about last week be careful of hanging around the used to's 
Uh, the used tos, you know, they uh, sometimes can really become our worst enemies. You know, I used to go to church and they start throwing those spears. Uh, yeah, you used to hang around me, now you got you some new friends. And some people uh, throw spears. We talked about that last week. That's what's happened in the King Saul. Uh, he's throwing spears at David, but he should be applauding David and uh, encouraging David. He began to be overcome with jealousy and envy. Talked a lot about that last week, so you need to watch that message if you uh, were not watching and you, you're not familiar with it, because these are building on one another. And so uh, King David now, he, he ran, he fled. Our last verse that we read last week was David fled from the spears. He didn't stay in that kind of a relationship that um, he was just going to be a punching bag. No, he fled and he ran. Chapter 22 tells us um, where he later went. It said, David, therefore, verse 1, departed from there, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. Everybody say Adullam. Adullam. And um, so when his brothers and all of his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. So his family came first. The second group is in verse 2. And everyone, look at this group, who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented, everyone that came out of 2020. <laughs> look at this group. They gathered to David. Misery loves company, somebody said. And, and so David, you know what? He didn't turn them away. He became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Thank you for your word, Lord. Continue to speak to our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. I want to begin talking today about the lessons from the caves. I think we're going to stick with that title, guys. Lessons from the caves. I had some of our young people hanging out this week in the cafe. We're still getting that ready, and we were able to kind of hang out, and we're social distancing while we're in there, and we got hand sand stations everywhere. It looks like this virus is going to hang around for a little bit, guys, and so uh, let me just say this. We got to learn to operate. We got to learn to continue to move forward. We got to continue to face this thing and be safe, but not be overcome with fear. Can I say that? Because listen, if we've ever needed to be united, it's right now. You can, you, you can't unite on social media. You can express your opinions, but you can't unite. That we're, not, we're not made to do that as human beings. We, so if we've got to stand six feet away, then do it. If we've got to wear a mask a little bit, then let's do it. Let's get through. But don't stop going and living your life. Amen? Let me just say that from the pulpit today, that it is God. You look in the New Testament, man. We weren't, we're not the only ones to go through this, even in the American history. We're not the first. This is new to us. The worst we've ever had was 9-11. And it, we were pretty much back to normal after a few months, and we remember it. But this is going on a lot longer than any of us have. And so, you know, they're saying the new normal. I don't, I'm not going to be divided over that term. Let's quit being divided over these little things, by the way. Call it whatever you want. It is different. It is new. <laughs> but let's continue to move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know why I said that, but I think it's important. While we were in the cafe hanging out, I was like, what should we title this message? Because this is the time, season of David's life where God used it as a training ground. And so we, had, we were going to call it Smarter Than a Caveman. We were going to call it School of Caves. We were gonna, and finally, we, we landed on Lessons from the Caves. Because as I said, there's more scripture dedicated to this portion of David's life. Uh, 
hey, Dad, just saw Dad here. I didn't know you were coming today. <laughs> Don't know him. And by the way, we have Grandma, my, my Grandma here today, 92 years old, worshiping with us with a mask back there. She's in a bubble, so everybody just respect that bubble. We'd love to have you here, though. Amen. And uh, so we're, we're, we're getting it done, though. It's so good that those that are, that are coming out, amen. It's good. It encourages me. It encourages us. We need this. I love hearing your voices, by the way, worshiping. Isn't that awesome? To sing about our God in church. We need to do that, people. It's a blessing. It lifts our spirits. It, it, is, a, it is, a, is a community. Amen. This part of David's life, as I said, is a training ground. Caves represent the training ground where God prepares us. It was a season of preparation for the crown. It was uh, preparing him for it. These 400 men, everybody, you saw the description. They were distressed. They were in debt, which was um, meaning that they owed everybody their lives, basically. In ancient culture, if you were in debt, you were marked. You were not known as being a man of your word if you were in debt because everything was by a pledge. You didn't go to the bank and sign. You just, your word was everything. And so if you got labeled that you don't pay your debt, you were marked. So you got a little bit of context here of what kind of people showed up in the cave uh, with David. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, and God brought them into his life for a reason because later these 400 men in 2 Samuel 23, I can't wait to get to there. I've got to preach about David's mighty men. David's mighty men are listed in 2 Samuel chapter 23 where the, they were the fantastic and amazing feats that these men turned into. It doesn't matter how you entered the cave, but how you come out of the cave is what's going to matter. Come on, somebody. You talk about quarantine. I could have called this lessons from quarantine because this was a quarantine that David went through. He went through a quarantine that lasted eight to ten years. I think of that, being anointed in front of his brothers. Remember that? He was anointed, smelling like the field. Remember that message? And he came in in front of his brothers, and they were, wow, man, life is going to change. He went from that to running for eight to 12 years for his life, living in villages, living in caves. He even went to Gath where the Philistines and hung out with the enemy. He lost his identity for a little bit. He made some mistakes as a leader. I mean, no leaders aren't perfect. And David, but he, David learned to bounce back every time. And these 400 men are listed in 2 Samuel. They were, they were warriors. One went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a leper with his hand that fell into a pit. These were like the Navy SEALs of Israel's army. They were elite. Did you see how they started? What happened? They made it through the season of caves. And listen, we are in a season of caves. We are, we're enjoying summer. This is a hot one. Don't complain. Remember back in March when we had 40 degrees weather for six weeks and we were snowing? We wanted a hot summer. Well, here we got it. Well, we're trying to enjoy it. We're trying to enjoy our lives, but we all know it's obviously different today. There are problems going on all over the world, all over the place. And I would say that this is a season of testing for the church. Four of you are on the same page with that. There are testings whenever God has us go through something. James says, don't, don't think it's strange that when you go through a testing that tries your faith. But rejoice in it because you're going to come out stronger than you were when you went into it. Come on, somebody. It's where our character is developed. Again, this was a season that developed his character for the, carrying the crown. 
Caves season is a season to develop our character to carry the crown. Moses had a cave season, a wilderness season. It was in the wilderness for 40 years that he spent on the backside by himself. But it was also in the wilderness season that he experienced a, a burning bush. Maybe you're watching us online and you've been now able to join us for church and all the things going on around you is starting to wake you up a little bit to spiritual uh, matters and you're watching services now. My prayer is you just don't watch us, but you encounter the Holy Spirit as you watch us. You have a Holy Spirit burning bush encounter with the presence of God that will change your life. Moses did that in the wilderness. Jesus was water baptized. I can't wait for us to get back to water baptism. we got several that need to be water baptized. I'd love for our last service in here before we get back into the sanctuary. There's a baptism tank down here. We're going to continue to have church. We're just going to continue to do it however we're able to do it. But, um, amen, I can't wait for that day. We're still planning on doing that. Jesus was water baptized. He got up. The Spirit of God came down in the dove. Remember the story? What did he do? He went right to ministry? No, he went into the cave season. He went into the wilderness season. The Bible says the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. Is that what your Bible says? And then when he came out of that season, he didn't blow it in the cave season. It says he returned with power. I want that power, Pastor Eddie. you got to pass the cave season. Because I love God. He, he just won't boot you out. He'll just make you start over. In the kingdom, I don't care. You know, in our school system, if you get 15, they'll probably let you move out of kindergarten. Right? I mean, it's sooner or later, okay, this kid's got to keep going. We'll, we'll advance you. But in the kingdom of God, God don't care if you got a beard. He don't care if you got an AARP card. If you don't pass the test, you will stay in spiritual elementary school until he returns. Boy, this is good preaching. How many's ready to pass the test? Come on. Tell somebody this is just a test. This is just a test. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. But the, the goal is not to just get through it, but to thrive and learn from it and grow through it. Oh, that's good. Let's not just go through it. Let's grow through it. Let's not just go through 2020. Let's grow through 2020. Woo, that's good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's grow through 2020. Because I don't want to do this again. If you hang around people in the spiritual kingdom, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. The used tos, they will hold you back. I used to get my little report cards, and my teacher would write on the back of it. My mom still has them to this day. And it would say, Eddie is fantastic to have in class, but he will not stay in his seat. <laughs> he talks too much. And I was one of them kids that I remember talking to my friend, and I said, how come you're not talking? His name was James. He had the same name, and it was so cool. And uh, so anyway, we were instant friends. He said, I can't talk to you because my mom said I'm not allowed to talk to you. So I was wondering where these troublemakers, I said, Mom, there ain't no troublemakers in my class. <laughs> Let that sink in. <laughs> my mom would have talks with me. How many of y'all parents got to have talks? You've been homeschooling, so let, hey, <laughs> we, we learn how, what homeschooling's all about, man, what our teachers go through on a regular basis, amen? But you got to sometimes prepare your kids to get ready. My mom used to tell me, sit there, Eddie, and fold your hands like this and put them on the desk. Okay, hallelujah. I know we ain't going to get through this message today. Hallelujah. I'm not even on point number one. Jesus, help us. Saul began to throw his spears, and David ran into the caves. 
But before he went to the caves, he made one stop. Please listen. In chapter 19, verse 18, it says, David fled from the spears. He escaped, and he went to Samuel at Ramah. And he told his mentor that Saul, all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went, and they stayed in Naoth. Point number one, when you're in the seasons of the caves, stay connected to people of covenant. Please hear me today. He had his family, and he had these 400 rugged, ragtag people hanging out with him, and they're all good. But they're not the ones that got him through the seasons of caves. He had two people that were men of covenant that ended up sustaining him through this season. Please hear me. And they were people that shared not only not the same blood necessarily, but the same covenant, the blood covenant. You've got to stay connected to people of covenant, people of faith, people that are the same spirit that will iron sharpens iron. You hear me today? I mean, you, got, you can't stay isolated. Don't stay. I, uh, David only spent one or two nights by himself. Did you read the text? When his family heard about it, here they come. You can't stay isolated. We cannot stay isolated. As I said, no matter how we've got to operate and move forward, we've got to still move forward. I come visit some of you guys, and I hang out at your patios, and we, we talk, and that's good. And many of you always say, it's so good just to see you. And to see, isn't this awesome to see human beings? It is. We need it. There is a psychologists are even talking about some of the road rage that we're experiencing it's be, in, the, in the tension even that it's in our country. I was listening to one the other day. They were saying it's because we've been, we've been in quarantine and we're so frustrated at everything we see and we're just taking it out on the wrong kind of people. But it's healthy for us to be in a community and we need that. And, but it needs to be a community of covenant people. Because relationships, you've got people that are like leaves and are like branches. Some are like leaves. They change when the seasons change. They're only in your life for a season. And then sometimes when the going gets tough, they're gone. That's just the way life is. And people are going to be like that. But people of covenant are branches. They may lose some leaves with you, baby. They may say, okay, you're going to lose. I'm going to take an L for you, baby, because I got your back. Because we're people of covenant. Because we're going to endure for this. And you know what? They bloomed and blossomed together because David said, hey, if you fight with me, you will reign with me. That's covenant people. That's covenant people. And he ran, and Samuel was one of them people that said, hey, David, let me show you how to deal with COVID-19. Let me show you how to deal with all of the pressures. He, he said, I, I'm not going to show you that you, your answer is in a bottle. We're not going to run to the bar. We're not going to run to the bottle. We're not going to run to a substance. We're going to run to Naoth. Naoth was a stronghold where they would get close to God and they would intercede and they would press into God. Trying to help us today. Because you're going to keep on drinking but stay thirsty if you go to that well. But Jesus said, I can give you something that will water your soul from the inside of you. If you only knew, Jesus said, come on somebody, if you only knew how good it is to tap into the Holy Spirit. If you only knew how good it is. If you only knew. And Samuel said, David, let me teach you how to hear from God. Come on. David told Samuel everything Saul had to do. Samuel said, come on. Thank God for people that would get along. I mean, you, we got family, and then we got family. Who's in your top ten on your phone? 
who's in your top 10, that you, the top 10 people that you text recently. You, you, you know, you got people you can call on, we thank God for them, and then you got people that you know you can call on. How many know what I'm talking about? That's your covenant people. That's your spiritual people. People that share the same kind of faith. And Samuel said, uh, come on, David, let me, let me show you how to hear from God. Let me show you how to press in. And he also had a guy named Jonathan. Thank God for Jonathan. Jonathan was a man, soon as David met him, they entered into a covenant. Now, here in the Western world in America, we don't do covenants, we do contracts. And they're conditional. We, that is not the way the kingdom operates. We are in, not contract, but we are in covenant with God. That's what Jesus died on a cross. Covenants were made by blood. The closest thing we had is when we became blood brothers when we were kids. Everybody do that? Me and my friend Gary Fry was my first blood brother. And we was upstairs in my bedroom, and I said, part of the, the ceremony was we've got to share our middle names. I think we watched it on the Brady Bunch or something. I don't know. Anyway, we got in that room, and he cut his thumb, and I cut my thumb, and, and we put our thumbs together. And I don't know what else we did, but my mama found out she was not happy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, have a blood brother. <laughs> I'm all over the place today. Amen. That's the closest thing we think of of covenant, but let me tell you something. In the Bible, that is a true thing. Covenant was made from blood. It was a, it was a covenant. That's what Jesus did on the cross, and and Jonathan and David entered into a covenant. And, and Jonathan is the one that sustained David throughout his season of caves. He also was the one that helped teach uh, David palace protocol is people of covenant. We need to sit down and have some conversations in our country about the division today. But we need to sit down and have these conversations with people of covenant. I love just a couple of weeks ago. We took some leaders of our church that went to a ra racial reconciliation that was held by our district here. And it was awesome for us to sit in that group. It was record attendance as we just showed up. People from up north in the UP, uh, people from all over rural Michigan and in the cities as well. And there were four uh, people up on the panel, all people of, of color. And we just sat for three hours and listened in a Christian environment. And by the end of that conversation, it was so awesome. We had about 45 minutes of prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in English, taking communion, sweating, hugging, praying. We were, some of us were hugging, some of us did not know what to do. But God was in that place. And we had, and, and great fruit comes out of those discussions. Why? Because we didn't get into the tensions and get into the flesh and get into politics and, and get into America. We stayed a kingdom-minded because we're people of covenant. And covenant trumps everything else, transcends everything else. You hear me? you got to have those people in your life to overcome these things. Man, it's so good. Jonathan was a covenant person. And he showed David how to act, what was offensive, what not. D David was a shepherd boy. He didn't know how to be a, a king. He didn't know how to be in the palace. He was around sheep all of his life. And he would play his instrument. And he came in, and God opened up a door for him to come play his music to King Saul. And, God, and David had no idea that God was actually using that as a training ground to teach him how to lead worship at the palace. It's different than in the field. You may be a musician and you come to church and you used to lead bands and karaoke. You were a karaoke star down at the corner. When you join the worship team, it's a little bit different. There's kingdom protocol in the kingdom of God. There's ministry protocol. Amen. 
we, we got to work on that attitude. Come on, somebody. we got to make sure that we're a team player. You may be a CEO, an entrepreneur, and very successful. You come into the ministry and you join a team. It's different in the church. you got to le- learn kingdom protocol in the kingdom of God. And you do that with people of covenant. God's going to test you. David was anointed king. And, and everybody saw it, but the next chapter, he's handing out lunches to his brother. God said, I want to know if I can get you to preach and lead a small group or sing a solo, but then may throw you in a choir for a few more weeks or have you clean in the church or have you, have you doing this and just to see what's going to happen because it's a training. Come on, it's a training ground. And David was like, okay, okay, God, I'm going to pass this test. And he was able to pass the test because he had people of covenant in his life. Stay connected to people of covenant. Don't stay isolated. People of covenant will hold you accountable. People will get all offended. They're like, hey, we're in this together, man, but let me tell you something. We need, to, we need to be like this. We need to talk like this, act like this. This is how we handle those situations. That's what Jonathan did. As you'll see, David had many opportunity to throw a spear back, as I mentioned last week. That's not the only time he had many opportunities to throw it back. You'll see that in the coming weeks. But he didn't. Because he was in covenant with God. And he knew when he gave these situations to God that God would God involved. Well, watch this. Well, Saul heard that David and Samuel were together having a prayer meeting. And so look what happened in chapter 19. It says that Saul went down there. Saul came to church. And then the Spirit of God was upon Saul also. And he went and prophesied. Look at that. Lunatic, mad Saul is prophesying in church. And he also stripped off his clothes, and he lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore, a reputation began to get started and say, is Saul also among the prophets? This is, I, this is where I really feel sorry for Saul, because Saul took off his garments. said that he lay naked. It means he took off his royal garments. He came to church, but he didn't come to church to get closer to God. He came to church so he can just watch his enemy fall. He just came to church to get something out of the house of God. He wasn't interested in having a heart change. I know we're tenuous right now, very tenuous people because we've been in quarantine. The Holy Ghost just does this. And Saul didn't just come to church. He wanted to come to see David. And here was his opportunity to change. Here Saul had an opportunity to say, really, God, change my heart. Listen, this pandemic has caused many people to tune into churches. Many of you are watching. Listen, and I love that. That's awesome. God will use opportunities to get you into church. He will use different things in our life to get us to come to church. I'm not knocking that. That's how I got here. I hit an all-time low in my life when I lost everything. I wasn't in control no more. I wasn't, you know, I'd always had a strong mind. I could get out of anything, and just that's how I was. But I found 25 years old, I couldn't even do anything anymore. I was falling apart. And God used that season of my life and drew it closer to him. And I wanted my girls to be raised in church. I didn't want them to have those generational curses and struggles and giants that I couldn't beat to fight with them. And I said, God, I want something better for my children. God used all of that to get me into that atmosphere like Saul was in. But Saul, when he got into church, he just got him a shirt, maybe got him a little outfit, maybe changed some songs on his playlist. He he might have, you know, started learning a little bit of church lingo. But soon as he got out of the presence of Samuel, he went right back to the enemy, right back to throwing spears, right back to his old self, right back to the flesh. 
Come on, we're trying to learn about the heart today. We're trying to learn about the heart today. And I was just sat there and I watched Saul and I said, oh, God, please. I, I wish Saul would have just came out of that. He could have just fell on his knees and said, David, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I've been acting like a fool. I want to enter into a covenant as your mentor as king. And you're learning how to be a king from my son, Jonathan. Let me show you where I blew it and where I failed. But he didn't. He went right back to his flesh, right back to the old ways, throwing spears and chasing David. As I was reading this, I, I couldn't get over in Revelations as I've been reading about the tribulation. Anyone else reading about the tribulation? <laughs> the tribulation period is also called Jacob's trials. We know that in Scripture where literally all of hell will be coming out of the, uh, will be coming, spit it upon the earth, and earth is just falling apart. If you read it in Revelations, it's in there. Jesus talked about it. And I was just reading through there. And I remember coming across this one verse, and the Bible is describing how meteors are falling from the sky. And I mean, it's just scary stuff to be watching uh, the, what's happening there in Revelation. And I read this scripture, it's in Revelation 15, 9, and it says that the sun was scorching people on the planet Earth. And it says they were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over their plagues. But they refused to repent and glorify him. I thought about that scripture. I remember years ago reading that scripture, going through Bible school and learning eschatology. And I remember reading that going, man, what kind of people would, are these that would be living in a day when everything around them is falling apart? And instead of going after God and being serious and looking up, they get mad at God. And they, and they go back to their old lives and they begin to live by their flesh and doing things that they know God would. What kind of, and refuse to repent. Man, it's got to be some wild people and we're seeing this today in 2020 soon as the mandates lift up soon as the plague starts to lift you're watching things you hear statistics in the news you see what's going on we're still going on on these sinful paths and people are rebuilding their bridges back to their old lives and going back and God is saying hey man hey don't be like a saw don't get up and go back to your old ways come on if you're watching don't go back to your old ways in 2020 come out of that cave and be like David and say I'm gonna serve him for real I'm going to serve him for real. I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to make him king and Lord of my heart. And this is the second lesson. We'll have to just end it right here. Only humility can get us out of what our pride got us into. Only humility can get us out of what our pride got us into. If Saul would have just realized that he's in that mess because of his pride. David learns this. He makes mistakes. He sins. He blows it. He commits murder and adultery. You'll read that in a couple more weeks. We'll get into that. But he bounces back. He repents. He writes Psalm 51. And you read as he gets on his knees and he says, Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Oh God, I'm so sorry. I've been living a hypocritical life. I've been living one life in church, but I've been living like the devil on the weekends. And I want to get ready for you, God. I want to be so sold out to you, God, that people look at me. They can't tell a difference between me and Jesus. I want to be just like Jesus. I want to be on on fire for you, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand. We're going to have to end it here.
because there's just so much going on. I don't want to overwhelm us today with information. As families are getting torn apart, even in some situations right now, because of different things that are happening and division is going on everywhere, let's take a lesson from the Word of God today. And remember that only humility can get us out of what our pride gets us into. The Bible says this in Proverbs, only by pride comes contentions. I love that scripture and I hate that scripture. Because every time I get in an argument with my wife, guess what the Holy Spirit says? Someone is in pride. And then my next thing is, God, let Melinda repent because you know she's the one. I'm on a fast on this one, God, because, come on. And God says, you want me to restore this relationship? Let God speak to your heart right now. You want me to restore this thing in your life? Humility. I believe we're in a season right now in this country where God, we're starting to get off our knees and the virus was lifting, but we're all watching the news and there's spikes going on everywhere. What, what do you think that is, Pastor Eddie? I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I kind of think that God's going, you're getting off your knees too fast. Let's stay a little bit more humble. And those of us that have been on our knees and we're living the life, I know it's tired. I'm, I'm yelling at other people, come on, get on your knees so we can all get out of this. <laughs> right? You see people have what they're doing and just like change. You know, we celebrate America this weekend. 1776 was the Declaration of Independence. What an awesome document. But you know, in 1620, there was another document that was written by the pilgrims that came over here, the Puritans. They came over here before politics got in, and they got over here, and they made a covenant with the Native Americans, and they said, let's learn from each other, and let's dedicate these 13 colonies to be a place of worship in Jehovah God. They made another covenant. And then it just got kind of messed up and our history has been what it is, what it is. But I wonder what if God is saying, if we can only get back to the very beginning of what this nation was. When you had Europeans locking arms with Native Americans and saying, hey, let's learn from one another. Can't, you know, some of this stuff's not even in our history books today. But if you really learn how Dr. Ben Carson has got a book out. It's been out for a while. I read it. Reread his book. It's really good. He tells the true story of America and how it all happened. It's, it's just been an amazing story. This country was founded in the name of Jesus to worship Jehovah God. It really is. It's true. Do you know the government were the first ones to print Bibles and give them to schools? Do you know if we would just teach one commandment? Jesus said, the, he was asked one day, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? This book says all kind of things. How do I get to heaven? What's the one thing I should do? Jesus said, there's one and great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body, and soul. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Are you ready? and your neighbor as yourself. He went on to say, you know what? If you will just do those two things, you will fulfill this entire book. 
Mic drop, let's go home. I mean, that's it right there. If we will just do those two things. And it says that one guy spoke up. Okay, I don't know if I should stay standing. I'm almost done. The Bible says a Pharisee was there, a religious person who represented everything but God. He looked like God. He looked like Saul, but he didn't have the heart of David. He said, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Scripture says he only said this to justify himself because he was good, but he was only good to the Jews. So Jesus told the parable that we all know today called the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10. The Good Samaritan. Samaritans were despised by Jews. Jesus told that story and made a Samaritan the hero of rescuing the person that was in need. Blows our minds. If we, the disciples, looked at that and said, Jesus, that's good. Pharisees got offended at that and picked up stones and wanted to stone them. Picked up spears wanting to throw them. Because the Pharisees would say, I used to believe that, Jesus. Maybe you're watching. You say, Pastor Eddie, I used to have that fire, man, but 2020 ain't been good, man. I'm losing everything. I don't feel emotionally stable. I don't know where my relationships are. I don't know what where God is. I, got, I look down, and I got spirits in my hands. I don't even know who I'm mad at anymore. I want to tell you today that humility is going to get us out of it. Can we just drop those spears right where you are, wherever you're watching this right now? Lift those hands to the Lord and do what King David did when he was in the presence of God. So, God, I I haven't been perfect. Come on, just call out to God right now. Tell him you ain't been perfect. He knows it anyway, but confess it to God right now. Forgive me, oh God. I want you to heal my land, but Father, first heal me. Help me to heal myself. So I can bring healing into my family, into my circle of influence, into my job, into my community, into my city, into my state, and into my country. God, it begins in me today. Forgive us, oh God. As we celebrate this great nation, God, it's only been by your favor and blessing that we are standing here today with all the commotion and sin and murder and everything that's been going on in our history. But God, we've also had some good things and all glory has been to you. We want to continue, God, with your blessing and with your favor today. And we want to do that in Jesus' name. We're going to sing this one final song. Just reach your hand this way as we proclaim a blessing over us today and bless you right now in Jesus' name. Come on, sing along if you know it today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
watching today. Hopefully this series has been a blessing to you. If we, you know, if we've ever needed to have a right heart when everything else is going wrong, it's right now. And so that's what we're trying to preach through this series and learn together as a church. And so we just pray God's blessing on you as well, that he'll keep you uh, through this uncertain time as we keep our eyes and our mind upon God. So God bless you. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.